Keep on rolling, baby. <laughs> Keep on rolling. Welcome to this uh, joint podcast tonight. We are doing a special edition. Got Whiskey Nick in the house. We are doing Like It or Not with Big Ben Shady and Keep It Down. Welcome back to Keep It Down with Whiskey Nick. I am your host, Whiskey Nick, and today I am recording at the, the Benjula Stable. <laughs> the professional studio. Look at this. This is beautiful. Spent three hundred grand. I remodeled everything. Oh man, you went light. <laughs> we got we got Pac-Man there on the side. Hello, hello. That's our stress Pac-Man. That's our stress relief. <laughs> Little noise in the background tonight. My daughter is here. Miss Amelia Rose, Mia. Hi, baby girl. Say hi. Mm. Say hi. You want me to say hi? Okay, hi. Hello. La la la. Hello. <laughs> turn, turn the volume down. Turn the volume down. Yeah, I, I have to do my plug. Turn the volume down. Can I, can I do my plug? <laughs> turn the volume down. <laughs> turn the volume down. Boy, you're like my kids. It's not that you're not listening, it's you don't care. <laughs> Feel free to hit me up on my socials. I'm uh, at Scrooge468, S-C-R-O-O-G-468, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and the world of Reddit. DMs are open. Feel free. Questions, comments, suggestions, inquiries, and insults. All are welcome. See, I got my speech down now. <laughs> It's like I know what I'm doing. Sorry about the little mix up there on my half. That's no, all good. Normally I'm into the serious shows. Tonight might be a little bit of off rail sidetrack and everything. But... Oh yeah, my show brings everything down. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> we're going to jump aboard today and we're going to talk about the state of wrestling. Happy Royal Rumble 2022 night. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, 30 men, 30 women, two different rumbles. One night. Did you see this? Your girlfriend wrestled tonight. No rumble. Oh James. yes, yes, yes. Mickey James, the TNA. Or the, I'm sorry, the Impact Knockout Champion. Uh, breaking down what do they call the fourth wall, fourth barrier, whatever. Forbidden door. Forbidden door. Yeah. Works for uh, Impact Wrestling and entering the WWE Royal Rumble. How cool is that? Yeah. Little cross promotion there, and they introduced her as such as the Impact Champion. So they are mentioning another promotion on their show, on their pay per view. Yeah. I remember hearing Pat McAfee talk about it on a SmackDown. You know, the Impact Champion Mickey James is coming to the Royal Rumble. What do you think of McAfee? He makes broadcast names for them fun. I was skeptical. I was not sure of it. Like I went in, you know, very eyebrow raised. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he's awesome. Doing a lot better than Michael Cole. He's great, yeah. Yeah. Doing better than Corey Graves and Byron Saxton and yeah, the other guys. God. Yeah. No, they, they did good. Bless you. They did good snatching him up. Yeah. And uh, from what it sounds like is he doesn't know what's going on throughout the night. I don't know if he gets a copy of the run sheet just to follow along or if uh, Michael Cole leads him along and what's happening next, but... Yeah, the, the special surprises, the big spots and all that, he has no clue is coming, so his reactions are authentic. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I heard, heard Fox wasn't too happy with him the one time 
during the baseball playoffs because he mentioned something on SmackDown about baseball sucks. Hmm. Fox and FS1. Oh, yeah. Partnership with the baseball playoffs. Yeah. He probably went on his show and had to fix that, but... And him getting on the desk when Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> comes out. He's rocking out like he's on drugs and shit. Yeah, he, he brings that excitement level up. He does a good job. It's entertaining, yeah. Do, do, are you ready for the spoiler alert? Go for it. All right. So if, you, if you're watching the Royal Rumble or haven't yet, you can shut the next few seconds off because I'm going to reveal who won the Women's Rumble. Because this is as far as up to what I know. <laughs> I was giving people an opportunity to go F off. <laughs> Sorry, it's my show. She's back. Ronda Rousey. She's back in the WWE. She was entrant number 28, I believe. And she is your 2022 Royal Rumble winner. Ronda Rousey will be at WrestleMania. Yeah. My understanding is going to fight who? Bianca Belair or Charlotte Flair? Probably Charlotte. Charlotte? Yeah, will probably be the torch passing again and Charlotte will bounce. But, here's this fun little fun pack that's really fun. I'm going to say fun as many times as I can this fun sentence. <laughs> They've got a big old WrestleMania banner sign hanging up there. Uh, I think they're in St. Louis or whatever. And after uh, Ronda Rousey won, you know, a plethora of fireworks and all that stuff like they do to celebrate. The WrestleMania sign caught fire. It wasn't a huge, big, flaming thing, but the backside of it was still burning, like the fireworks tried to melt it or whatever. And the, the, there was a small flame kicking up, and some of the hot wax net was dripping down. The the section below that got evacuated, and they ended up lowering the sign down to put it out. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, I will be checking that video. Yeah, that's fun. That's on Twitter. Uh, just search the hashtag Royal Rumble videos, and you'll see it. <laughs> it's... I laughed pretty good at that. The crowd started chanting, It's on fire! <laughs> so that's that's the highlight right there. That's cool. I can imagine Vince in the back. Damn it! Who left the damn fire on fire? Who sent Kane out there? <laughs> Glenn Jacobs, you're fired. <laughs> that's, uh... uh I'll tell you what, that's the state of wrestling right now. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Especially WWE. I just don't understand their creative process. I just don't I don't get it. You have all these wrestlers and then you you, you can a lot of them. You fire them off the bat. You got rid of your money makers and Bray Wyatt. You now uh, who else did you have? John Morrison there gone. Um Bainley, that big hype to bring Morrison back just to fire him months later. Yeah. And then um, Vince and Bruce, Pritch Vince and oh, Bruce yeah. Pritchard and uh, the new guy, Nick Khan, going in there and basically just gutting out NXT, Triple H's creation and baby, and how that successful that was, and just totally taking that all apart. Turn it into an NXT 2.0, which is straight out of 19, excuse me, 1996, yeah. with the logo and coloring and the design. It's like when ESPN 2 first came out. Yeah. That's exactly what it reminds me of. Is that? 
<laughs> yeah, it's... I don't get to watch AEW as much. You get to see a lot more than I do. Uh, everything I read on Twitter, you know, bouncing through all the different uh, threads and hashtags and stuff. It really seems like Impact right now has the best continuity with stories. And But who the fuck watches Impact right now? <laughs> Impact, what's that, on the Hallmark channel? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the replays are on Lifetime. <laughs> But um, going back to NXT, you know, everything got dissected there. All the Triple H's creation was destroyed. And then they just put their own little weird twist into it. Only thing you got going good over there is uh, Rick Steiner's son, Braun Breaker. They don't understand, why, don't understand why they had to call him Braun Breaker. Yeah, I don't... Fucking call him Bronson Steiner or something. Yeah. You know? um, WWE, you're mad at... Now, you're not mad at Rick Steiner. You're mad at Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner has been blacklisted from the company. Yeah. Because Scott Steiner fucking hates Triple H's guts and Hulk Hogan's guts. So he should be the one that's blackballed from the company. But you guys could still acknowledge Rick Steiner, but you don't. Oh, let's call him Braun Breaker. It makes no, make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. As much as they're piggybacking off the old stuff, uh, what was the sign I saw? Or the shirt? Um... Did you watch SmackDown Friday? A little bit of it. Uh, the opening segment was uh, a bunch of the women's rumble entrance coming out one after another. Yeah. Aaliyah, 317. Yeah. Really? You're piggybacking off of that, Austin 316. You've got Charlotte Flair with his music. You've got Natalia Neidhart, who's probably the most one that deserves the music with Bret Hart's music. Yeah. But it's like you're doing everything you can to bring back the past. But then you're shitting on the Steiners, one of the most legendary tag teams ever. Yeah. I, you know, you now own the rights to WCW, so who, what does it matter if it was a competitor at the time, you know? I mean, they worked with your company for a couple of years back then, so. Yeah. Hmm. It's just, I, I don't understand how, I just don't understand. Then on NXT, you've got a Mexican wrestler coming I. I caught NXT a few occasions, not sat down and watched the whole show. There was a Mexican wrestler coming out, a little Mexican mafia mob. And the guy, that the main guy on the roster is Antonio Escobar or something like that. But when you see him come walking out, it reminds you solely of Andrade. You, un you had Andrade on your roster, did nothing with him, mm -hmm. threw him under the bus and lost in the shuffle. He gets released, goes over to AEW to create a character that's a little bit more popular than what he was doing in WWE. But now you've got a guy who's got the same similarities as Andrade, and you're calling him Antonio Escobar. And then they got another little faction in there, and they're using the logo of the NWO. But it's not NWO logo, but it's the logo, but it's something like... That, that font or whatever? Yeah, something like FD, FDR or something like that that's on the logo. Nice. But it's the NWO painting and everything. Yeah. So, and, the, and that kind of reminds you, too, besides the NWO logo, it was like they took a ripoff of the WCW, the Latino World Order, when they had that going in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. It was Eddie Guerrero and Juventud Guerrero. Yeah. And, well, eventually you had everything. Everything WO. You had the BWO, the LWO. You had the Red and Black. You had... Uh, you started talking about the uh, Mexican faction, and my mind went right to WWF. 
was it WWF still? No, it might have been E. The uh, the Mexicools coming out on the wine deers. Ubitude <laughs> and... It, it's, well, I, I like AEW taking shots because it makes it fun. Yeah. But WWE trying to not acknowledge, like one of the best things they could have done, um, spoiler alert for the Royal Rumble, uh, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins came out through the crowd with the old shield music. If you're breaking down that uh, forbidden barrier, why couldn't Seth Rollins come out with John Moxley? Even just to walk to the ring and the referee say, "You no, 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 you get out of here, you get out of here, and just send him on his way. And then, you know, he can kind of pander to the crowd on his way out, you know, to the ramp or whatever. If you're going to do that, why not give the people what the hell they want? Again, that's the forbidden door. They're not going to let John Moxley in because he's an AEW wrestler. And that's John Moxley that. wrote the book Mox, and he's basically fucking called Kevin Dunn dickless bastard. <laughs> Vince McMahon, an idiot for all his dumb ideas. Well, the, the big, the, the big uh, arc was you, you would have the Shield run in, and then you would have uh, the Wyatt family run in. And so eventually you had that big arc of that three-on-three. And they teased the hell out of it. They had all three in the ring aprons like they were going to go. You never did anything with that. That was the biggest thing the crowd wanted. Everybody wanted that, you know? And they would tease it. They got us that fucking close. And then you shit on the whole thing. Scrap the whole thing. Yeah. It was the biggest thing you could have done. You could have carried that all summer long in, into the... But nope. You, you just totally poo-pooed that. And it, it, the more you stop giving the crowd what they want the more we're going to turn our backs on you, especially this generation right now. Oh, yeah. This generation doesn't give a shit, you know. We're, we're the old school generation. You know, we grow up, you know, we're the Federation years. Yeah, yeah. Hogan, Warrior, Hacksaw, uh, 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 Jim Duggan, Ted DiBiase, Andre the Giant, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Rowdy Ooh, Piper, yeah. Mr. Perfect. All the good uh, legends. Bret Hart when it was uh, uh, Hart Foundation. Yeah. All the legends, yeah. So sad to see, you know, there's pictures floating on the internet of uh, Bret Hart in the late 90s before he left for WCW. Bret in the ring with the old Hart Foundation and that. And all of them are gone now except for Bret. That's crazy to think. Pillman gone, Nightheart gone, Bulldog gone. Davey gone. gone. Yeah. That's just crazy to think about. Bret's the only one standing. It's heartbreaking to see that picture, you know. Who's the last one to come out of... uh... Bret Hart's uh, dad, the Stu Hart's legendary, uh, the dungeon. I think that was uh, Natalia's husband, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd? Yeah, and Tyson don't work for the company no more. Yeah. He may work for the company, but he may be a producer backstage. Yeah, I think he got hurt or something like yeah, that in camp, but I think he's dead. still around. Yeah. But yeah, I said the last one to be active would be what, Jericho? Yeah, the, yeah. That's crazy, man, because that, that dungeon produced a lot of great talent. Yeah, Benoit before he went nuts. Benoit, Lance Storm, I think. Uh, yeah. It was the west coast of Canada, but, I mean, you had guys like Edge and Christian who, you know, admire the people that came out of that and modeled themselves after those. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, I, yeah, I mean, well, the, the future just looks bleak for... Do, do we say professional wrestling or WWE? Just 
I, I like what WWE. They don't have that that uh, must see guy like John Cena was like the last must see guy. Yeah, Vince is pushing so hard for Roman to be that must see guy. Oh yeah, we're the crowd's pushing back so hard. Yeah. Roman, for me, is the only one that kind of entertains me right now on that whole Raw and SmackDown. I'm not a fan of Roman I like can't I used to stand be. Him. Yeah. Like I used to be, but he's watchable if I do peek in on SmackDowns. I like the Bloodline shirts, they are cool. I started uh, the whole silly little TikTok thing going on with the, this whole. You haven't been on in a while, but there, there's this thing with the councils. Well, the Council of Men versus the Rogues and whatever, but it's a big thing where like every little Tom, Dick, and Harry now is getting involved and choosing the side or whatever. And I did a thing where I was like for the Council, and then I flip flopped to the Rogue, and I had all the kids involved, <laughs> and they were uh, two of them were in. Uh, I had them wear all black with a black mask, okay. and then Harley was in cosplay, and I I called them the Bloodline, <laughs> <laughs> and I you know I, I pitched it to them beforehand, and they were like, yeah, that's cool, that's clever, I'm like. Don't ton of money. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like the idea of that, you know, Roman and the Usos and the bloodline, but the execution of the character since he joined up with Paul Heyman is just miserable. Yeah. Back when it was still the fucking Thunderdome, you know, Roman would come out, there's no crowd, and he's just on the mic, and he's just whispering. You can't hear a fucking word he's saying. Roman, turn the fuck up. Talk. Jesus Christ, we can't hear you, you know? Acknowledge me. Yeah, what? <laughs> the only words we can hear is acknowledge me. This is my show. I do like the shirt, though. Needle mover or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shot at punk. Yeah, yeah, that was a shot at <laughs> That's funny. I'm the needle mover. I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to let you uh, run the next 13 seconds while I go grab a beer. Okay. Since we are on the road... Oh, you're free on my chair. Hear me, hear me. Oh, you want one too? You want one too? No, not a beer. Oh, I'm going to do a more rum and coke. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. What can we go into discussion while Whiskey's grabbing himself a cold one? Um, Shawn Michaels... A heartbreak kid. He's in charge of NXT now. Michaels runs NXT? Yes. Shawn Michaels is running everything on NXT. Wow. Bruce and Vince had their hand at it for a brief minute. And they stepped they stepped away and went back to running raw and SmackDown, but Shawn Michaels I guess is the executive producer right now. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so Hunter, what's Hunter doing? And Hunter is not really coming back anytime soon because of his heart issues, medical ah, issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. He supposedly has heart, bad heart issues and body's catching up on him. He's probably back in his heyday. I imagine he did a little bit of steroids and who knows what all drugs and that he got into and his body's slowing down on him a little bit. And in his peak, he had a little bit of that Ultimate Warrior look without the tassels. Yeah. Like, just totally fucking cut and jacked and, like, veins popping. And you're like, oh, that's, that's just the tassels. <laughs> that's the injections. <laughs> yeah. So he's stepping aside. Me just, like, working in the office position. And um, they have no... He's, he has no interest in coming back to the WWE side of things anytime soon. And 
like people say online, social media, you know, you got money in the bank, you got job security, go enjoy your life, go enjoy your time with your girls, your three girls, your three mm -hmm. daughters before they get older and they don't need you anymore. How and, much of that is the big, I didn't mean to interrupt, go ahead, go ahead. And then uh, Hunter and Stephanie's oldest daughter, little Aurora McMahon, or Aurora Levesque, I'm sorry, she wants to get into the wrestling game. She wants mm. to be trained for everything. She's getting of age where she may be seeing her at the performance center and mm. getting ready for a run. I've heard no more, too. They've said that The Rock's daughter has been training at the performance center. But I have heard I've heard that. Later. Yeah, I've, that, that feels like that rumor's been around for a couple of years. Yeah. But I have not seen her on the Linux TV or nothing. How much of all these layoffs and firings and releases and people backing away from the company have to do with the rumor of WWE selling off? That's do, you, just, do you think? That's, that's, that's mind-boggling, too, you know, cutting the fat a little bit. The rumor that I keep hearing, but it keeps getting swept under the rug, which tells me it's probably legit, you know, the more something gets poo-pooed and quieted, the more it's probably legit, is Disney might buy WWE. Yeah. Of course, the secondary rumor to Disney is that Disney might also sell off ESPN. And that's, that's, that's because uh, Amazon is trying to get more into the you know, live sports market. And then Apple also is trying to get into that market. So Disney might be selling off, you know, drop one and pick up another, basically. Mm. And if anyone can make money off of something and milk the out of it it's the mouse <laughs> yeah but they might be able to actually come up with some characters that people like because right now wwe is just so hellbent on these guys going out there reading scripts and then getting fired because they don't act the part of the script but that's not even a dude's character at least AE the downfall to aew again i don't watch it it seems like that everyone's kind of Got a lot of free range over their own character and control. Yeah, they have character and control. And so... No script. Everyone's into it and likes it. So it's kind of really hard to dictate your, you know, your baby face and heels at that point, because... Yeah, with they, AEW TV, yeah. fucking the heels could be cheered and the baby exactly. faces be booed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of monkey wrenches the storyline and the concept, but at least... The wrestlers are getting their recognition. You know, the crowds are like into it, you know. Whereas WWE, you got Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And last week on their promos, it, both guys were 50-50. You know, uh, last night's crowd was different. Uh, last Friday, or last night's Friday night crowd was different. Seth Rollins was clear, clearly the baby face. But, you know, last week, it was 50-50. Half the crowd was cheering and booing for both guys. So... Oh. There's no clear cut on, you know, there's no investment yeah. at that point. So, AEW, just go off a little sidetrack there. AEW will take, uh, just before Thanksgiving last year, you had a feud going with, uh, he was in WWE, it was Aleister Black. Yeah. And now he's Malachi Black in AEW. <laughs> I like that he kept the black eye. Yeah. And, um, he came in as supposed to be the bad guy, and he was being cheered. 
people mm-hmm. loved him and they popped for him and everything. Mm-hmm. He was being cheered and they put him in a feud with Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And Cody Rhodes is supposed to be the good guy. And Cody Rhodes was getting booed out of the building <laughs> like John Cena. <laughs> when when uh, Malachi Black would beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes, the crowd was just into it. They yeah. loved it, you know. Spit the, spit the uh, mist in his eye and blind Cody. And, you know, the crowd ate it up. You know? And then yeah. if Cody would get a win on... Black, and then the crowd would boo and hate the fuck out of Cody. Really? Yeah. The The big story, uh, as far as, you know, the crowd dictating the flow, was uh, WrestleMania, I think it was 18, Rock versus Hogan. It was 100% build, and, you know, built to be Rock as the face and Hogan as the heel. But the minute those two guys walked out and that crowd flipped, at least those two knew what to do. You know, they they started working it that way. Hogan started playing more of the face side and Rock played heel side throughout the match because the crowd went that way. But for these younger guys and these, you know, this this younger crowd, this younger generation, it's a lot harder to do. But that's a cool thing to be able to pick up on, realize why you're in the ring and work together on it, you know. Okay, this is what they're doing. Let's just work it, you know. But even like WWE, they're, they're so fucking hard up on just the, the, the whole trust the, trust the system mindset. Sometimes you have to improvise, you know. Sometimes you got to switch it up. You got to go about the flow, you know. And it's just WWE is just so fucking... And it's hard to accept that because, like I said earlier, we grew up with that shit. You know, that was our our thing. That's our childhood thing that's crumbling to pieces and... It's just shitty. Um, WWE is hard right now to try to build up any stars. And if they try to build up anything, they throw these wrestlers out there to the crowds. And if the crowd is not behind them, it's pretty much now shit or get off the pot. If the crowd's not backing you up, you're fired. Yeah. You're out the door. And a lot of these wrestlers that's been canned this year, gone. Um... Like one, for instance, that Karrion Cross. he was a big name in uh, Impact, Ring yeah. of Honor, your indie scene, and that, and they stuck him on one, and they stuck him into NXT, he was doing good there, dominating, became champion, throw him on the Monday Night roster, they decide to fucking give him a Mortal Kombat helmet and bring out a spear. Yeah. You know, and... You're supposed to get behind that character, and then you're losing and jobbing out to uh, Jeff Hardy and yep. other wrestlers on the roster. It's like they try to build you up just to fucking bring you right back down. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know these indie guys that you watch growing up from you know promotion to promotion, step up, step up. Okay, all right, this is a big show now. Let's see what they can do, and then they put them out there with some uh, fucking um, uh, who's the Scottish guy. Drew McIntyre? Drew McIntyre, yeah. Yeah, like he was originally uh, the Nexus. What, wasn't he in Nexus? I know he was in that. No, not like, Nexus. Drew McIntyre, remember he was, uh, he was supposed to then, the first one was he was Vince's pick to be the chosen one. He was supposed to be the next big superstar thing, and mm-hmm. he was able to never get over with the crowd. Yeah. And he got released, let go, and then he went on to the indie scene. He went on to indie. He went to Impact. He uh, he came up with that uh, Claiborne kick or whatever. Yeah. And he wound up building his name back up. And then what did they do in WWE? Here's this big, ridiculous sword. Yeah. Let's give him a sword. Yeah. Well, what is that? You just totally crapped on his character. Yeah. 
You didn't build upon it. If you're going to give anybody a sword, you give it to fucking Seamus. At least you built that Celtic warrior thing around him, you know? Yeah. That that would make sense. But you're going to take Drew McIntyre and just, you know, the, the guy that's busted his ass, worked his fucking ass off, and developed into something and become something, and now you want to give him something else? And if you remember, Drew McIntyre became champion, but then there was no crowds. Yep. It was the empty building in the performance yep. center. Yep. We're going to let him be a champion. Well, you got no crowds to be back you up or nothing. Exactly. Yep. When the Thunderdome and all that started coming, well, we're going to take the belt off of Drew McIntyre. Well, it's, it's the same with Big E. They gave Big, Big E Langston the title for a couple of weeks, but he didn't fight anybody. Yeah. You just wasted the title then, you know? They bring Brock Lesnar back to a big yep. contract because they didn't want to lose Brock Lesnar to AEW. Tony Khan could have probably gave Brock anything he wanted, the house and whatnot, and part ownership to the Jaguars if he wanted it. But WWE has said, hey, we'll give you seven figures, you come back. And... I, I like the move to bring him back as a, as a face, though. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. I, I like Happy Brock. Yeah, he's different. He's a, the man bun, the cowboy. The, the man bun bunny. T- he's he's Viking. He reminds me of Vikings. The show Vikings. That, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's clever. It's entertaining. It's more of Brock's personality. I caught a little. So it's kind of neat. I caught a little bit this Monday of Raw, the Toledo show, <laughs> when they were here. They did a weigh in him and Bobby Lashley. How was that show, by the way? I didn't get to see any reviews or anything. It looked like all right. The crowd was there was a there was a nice crowd in there. Um, I didn't really watch the full show. I kind of just watched mm-hmm. the beginning. The ending of the show, I think, was uh, Mrs. Wife Maurice. They had did a little segment, the birthday celebration, but then I think it ended up with Edge coming out doing a spear on the Miz. Mm. That's how like the show ended and everything like that. And Miz. Talking his shit, you know, I'm going to win my match at the Royal Rumble and blah, blah, blah. And Edge come out, hit him with a spear and yeah, Edge crashed the birthday party. That was like the ending of the show. But the beginning of it was a weigh-in with Brock and Bobby doing a whole weigh-in bullshit. You had uh, old, uh, Mr. Johnny Sims there. Uh, oh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Adam a- Pierce. Adam Pierce, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adam Pierce. The, for those of you don't Google that, <laughs> well, you might not want to know what Johnny Sims is. <laughs> kids, kids, don't do that either. And if you did, uh, feel free to hit him up on uh, Twitter at Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how I even put myself out there, Big Papa Ben seventy eight on the Twitter on the TikTok. <laughs> so they're doing a weigh in. Bobby you know, does his little weigh in. Bobby's in that. 275, you know. And Bobby looked like... I look at Bobby Lashley now. It seemed like like five years ago, you see Bobby Lashley. He came into the ring, big old muscle-bound guy, but he had big, he had a little peanut head. Yeah. And it's like now his head got a little bit bigger to match his body. Oh, you have a little of that Barry Bonds juice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, I said, wow, Bobby's head got a little bit bigger. Instead now. of injecting in your ass, you put it right in the air? Is that what... <laughs> <laughs> So then Bobby gets his way in. They, uh, all right, Brock Lesnar, you're next to get weighed in. Corey Graves is up there with Adam Pierce. I don't know what he's doing, like a, a general manager type role or whatever. And then and Corey Graves is over there moaning and bitching. Oh, that's no fair, Brock. What? I gotta go potty. Okay. Commercial break. Yeah, we'll be right back after these messages. 
We're back, so... We're we, back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we were talking before the break, um... Johnny Sins. Johnny Sins. We were talking up the way in with Brock Lesnar and uh, Bobby Lashley, and Corey Graves was speaking up and playing his heel character, trying to play the bad guy. Oh, no fair. Brock, you got to take off some of your clothes there. That's not a proper way in. Your boots, your boots and your jeans and everything's all uh, extra weight. <laughs> and, and Brock's like, whoa, 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 chill out, Corey. What you want me, uh, what you want to... Want me to weigh in naked? You want to see me naked? <laughs> Said that to Corey. <laughs> he gets on the scale. He's like 281. I like Happy Brock. He's fun. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's enjoying the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's there a video of uh, Brock Lesnar out there? Just recently, he uh, body slammed one of the jackass characters through a tape. Ah, uh, that was tonight. That was pre-Rumble. Yeah. Because those guys were there hanging out, yeah. <laughs> uh, wee man, wee man, yeah, little, wee man. little midget, yeah, yeah. The biggest guy and throw the midget through the table. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's it's again character development. You know, you you put Brock out there and he, as a heel, he sucked on the microphone. You know, so you stick him with Paul Heyman, and then he got comfortable with that for a dozen years. Yeah, Brock was never good on the mic. That, no, yeah, he was terrible. And now that now that he's a heel and he's just doing his own thing or a face and he's doing his own thing, it's it's like he's having fun. He's enjoying it, like you said. He's, it's just weird. And that's the nice thing about AEW is let guys be guys. It just sucks that they they can't force the crowd to pick between heel and face. But but at least they're all getting their recognition, you know. Yeah. It's not, you can't read a script, you suck, you're fired. It's right, right. And uh, that's the thing with Tony Khan and AEW, you know, during all the pandemic and the COVID and everything, Tony Khan never released or fired anybody during the pandemic. Yeah. Nobody lost their job during the time when America was at a crisis, you know. Well, you, you took CM Punk in his big return match against Darby Allen. Neither one was a heel. It was a face versus face match. You don't get that very often. The last time you had face versus face build was what? WrestleMania 6, Hogan Warrior? I mean, you've had the crowd turn, like I said, Hogan Rock, the crowd turned on you, so you didn't really know, but. Yeah. But, God, that thing blew up huge, and that was a great match, too. So, I mean, if that's AEW's problem, is you're just building faces all the time against faces. That's great. You know, it's an all-star game every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing with AEW, you gotta. They've been doing good again. They've been, they've been getting that million, one point one, one point two average rating viewers, but they're killing the demographic. They're getting that eighteen to thirty-nine demographic that, over WWE. Just shy of ours uh, generation, but as I was talking off the air beforehand, it's our generation that's carrying all this shit right now. Yeah. Um, the, the example is you would send me text of the He-Man uh, characters that you would buy and I know you had a bunch and then I get here and I show up and you got them all up on the stable on display and it's like oh my god there's like a dozen or so and it looks so freaking cool right. the generation after us doesn't have that nostalgia factor that reminiscence that old school feel you know of something it, it's just all of us 
so that younger demographic doesn't really fit into wrestling all that well. And if you don't wow them right away and keep them wowed, they're out. Yeah. So it's our our age group, you know, that you know mid thirties on up. That's us that watches that shit. Yeah. And so and we're to the age of we know wrestling is fake and all that. So if you put a shitty character out there, WWE, we're gonna notice and not give a damn. And then when you take someone like Bray Wyatt who comes out with all these great characters with the fiend and all that. And you poo-poo them? We're just kind of done with your company. We just think you're shittily ran, you know? We're going to follow the character, not the company. That that brand loyalty, that company loyalty doesn't exist with us anymore, especially with the generation behind us. Yeah. And you got to remember, in this time, day and age, too, 2021, pro wrestling is, is not what it was in the late 90s. In the late 90s, you had Nitro, you had Raw... You probably yes. had, what, 8 million people watching homes during the Monday Night Wars. 4 million for Raw, 4 million for Nitro. Yes. And now, with these ratings, it's probably gone from 8 million to maybe 3 million. Yeah, you're, you're fighting over 3. Yeah. So your, mar- your market share has diminished significantly. SmackDown now gets the better numbers than Raw, and Raw used to be Vince's baby. And Vince was always concerned and he wanted to care for Raw. He wanted Raw to be the top show. Biggest mistake was adding that third hour. Yeah. Turn that back, go back to nine. To, and, and then when they were, I don't know what they do now because I haven't watched Raw since I was knee high to a grasshopper anymore. <laughs> but uh, it was always like, because it was on the USA Network, and it was always like, build nine to 11, but it always went to like 1107. Yeah. Because Nitro was their big competition, and Nitro always went to like 11.05. Yeah. <laughs> so Raw would stretch that extra minute or two. <laughs> yeah. But now it's, what, 8 to 11? Yeah. They're all at 11 o'clock. You, you can't put three hours of good content amongst Raw and SmackDown. You can't. you got to shorten it up. you got to, yeah. And for the crowd that goes to these live events, to go there and watch... In ring talking or backstage segments? What a waste. I'm going to a wrestling event to watch wrestling. I get if you want to banter back and forth a little bit, like just commercial breaks and you want to do that, that's fine. But come, you know, the, 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 I'm tuning into the TV. I want to see the action. I don't want to see the talking, you know? Let's, let's put it in general Monday Night Raw is a three hour show. You're probably getting. 45 minutes of wrestling, mm-hmm. and you're getting a little bit over two hours of them talking. Yep. Backstage segments, Raw will run, and then they will talk about what's going on on SmackDown. Yep. SmackDown is two hours, and you're maybe getting a half hour of wrestling on SmackDown. Yep. And then they're on SmackDown talking about what's going on Raw. I don't care what's going on about Raw, because I watched Raw on Monday. Not to mention all the replay shit from whatever happened on either show the week before. Mm-hmm. So half the time, if you're in the crowd for one of these shows, you're watching the goddamn Titantron. <laughs> what the fuck? They did an analysis one time. It was a while back when Sami Zayn was supposedly got that. I t- hate him. I can't stand this fucking character. His, his character is going stale. His yeah. character is going. His character is going to shit. I could see him be late. Zayn. Sami Zayn. I could see Sami Zayn. I could see Sami Zayn within the next. S- uh, seven to nine months future endeavor. I could see him be out the door. Yeah. You know, if they find somebody in NXT, they can bring him to the roster. And, 
oh, you know, we don't need Sammy anymore, you know. Or put Sammy down the ladder and make him job and make him run around chasing the 24-7 title. I did see a few minutes of his interview with uh, Renee Paquette on her show. Individually, he's great. You know, I mean, he's a fantastic person. He knows his shit inside out. But his character sucks so much. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, well, uh, the whole, the the days of Edge and Lita, when they were a thing and they would have their, you know, uh, uh, what was it? What would they put the bed in the ring and it was their consummation or whatever? Sex celebration. Yeah. Like, it, it was such a shitty character. Like, Lito didn't even want to do it, but kind of had to, so she played along. But Edge's character at that time was so horrible. And like, like, me as a fan, knowing that it's all scripted and written, would literally turn the channel when he came on. It was just that bad. It, like, it didn't even turn me to the point of, oh, I'm not going to like this guy. I'm going to boo him, but I'm going to watch and give you your rating. No, I'm taking my rating away. I'm literally changing the channel. I do that with Sammy's character. Yeah. He, he's fucking miserable. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, I, that interview with him and Renee was awesome. He's a great guy. But the character just fucking sucks. Yeah, and creative's not giving him his character. Nothing. Not no, be, they're just, yeah. Not letting him be who he needs they're to be. They're keeping him a shit sandwich and wanting to produce gold. Yeah. No. It ain't happening. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And they just, instead of realizing themselves that the crowd's not buying it and the TV uh, product isn't working, you just blame the fucking actor. I mean, at this point, we can call them actors because, I mean, yeah, you're all pro fucking wrestlers. You all know what you're doing. You're all taught the same. You know the same Kate Fade shit. But WWE is, here's your script. Go out there and act. And it's just not working. We, we all fucking know better at this point, you know? Yeah. The, the, the fourth wall is broken. We know behind the curtain now. So put shit out there that's entertaining. Stop trying to give us give us the soap opera without us knowing it's the soap opera, you know? Oh, yeah. The, the, those, the, 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 the biggest example is the NWO thing. It was all written and scripted. It was all from the get-go. It was all an idea. But because the way it was executed, it didn't seem like it. You know? Yeah, it was compelled as real TV. Exactly. People exactly. back then, your internet wasn't, no, nothing back then. People, yeah, the internet wasn't around us. Spoiler pe- thing. <laughs> people, people tuned into the NWO, people thought, you know, this was all real. That Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were coming in from the WWF. And invading WCW, because they would come into the crowds yeah. and they would they would flash the you know the fake little ticket stubs and yeah, and they were like waging war on WCW. And that's what caught that was a story. You want a war? Yeah. <laughs> you got a war. This is where the big boys play. Yeah. But the way they played that, I mean, it was, it was probably because it was non-scripted. Yeah. You know, WCW let them guys pop off and say what they wanted to say, just. Stay away from this word and that topic and go do your thing. It wasn't WWE where, excuse me, it is now where it's, here's your thing, memorize it, read it, do it. And it's just, and when your character's not into it and half-assing it or just trying so hard and it's just not working, it's forced, it just doesn't work. We can see through it. We're transparent now. I just wish they would see that. Um, the NWO thing, you know, just 
Yeah, it was just it was they were telling a story. And they they brought in these characters and they told a story, and you were tuning in each week, and you tuned in at the Bash in the Beach. Who was the third man that was going to join Hall? Heenan so ruined it. Bobby yeah. Heenan so ruined that. Oh, what side is he on? <laughs> but but the the fact that it was based in truth, kind of, sorta, as far as you know, these guys went back at their company. They wanted back to the other company, but you know that detail just gets washed away. Yeah. So having a little truth to it's fun. You know, letting them have an open mic and just say off the top of their head and work with it is fine. But to give someone to go out there and, you know, you give somebody a script and the start, crowd starts booing you, like The Rock would flip it. You know, he would still, you know, Stone Cold would flip it on him. You know, even Triple H could figure out a way to work it the other way. Mm-hmm. These guys now are so force-fed into that same fucking thing, you know. Seth Rollins in his stupid little ha-ha, 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 laugh. Yeah, laugh God day. damn it. I just want to throw something at the TV. You can tell he's faking it, you know. He's forcing it. It's not real. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's say another one that's faking it I don't care for is Happy Corbin. Yes, yes. He's fake laughing at and then his fucking friend, that other guy, I can't think of the name. Character that's so... Dildo McJohnson? (laughs) The other guy... I said these beers are going down good, brother. (laughs) The other guy can't... I know you're talking about, yeah. I keep wanting to say Elias, but it's not Elias. No. He's got his other friend there that's... Yo, he's got the fake laugh, too. And they're just constantly fucking with the fake laugh, fake laugh, I like King Corbin. He played a good cocky ass. Yeah. He worked out well for it. I, I don't like the fact that, you know, Vince doesn't like his tattoos, so he has to wrestle in his full bodysuit all the time. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care about his tats. Not gonna offend me, you know. Let him go out there, put him in some decent ring gear, let him look like a wrestler, you know. The whole idea of coming out with you know with the, with the tights on, no shirt, but you got that robe on you and you're a cocky ass, it works, you know. All the way back to King Booker, you know. The idea works. Work with it. Fucking make him wear pants and a shirt and wrestle on that. I just... I think Vince needs to just get over himself or hurry up and die or something. I don't... <laughs> you know, I always said... Dark. I always said in my theory, you know, you can chime in on Twitter and let me know what you think. I still say Vince slowly has dementia. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to make that public because WWE is a shareholder company. Yep. And that would panic everybody. And that would send WWE stock down the road. That is something that we uh, considered talking about. Turn it down. <laughs> Turn it down. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Before the show was one of the things we kicked around uh, doing was the corporatization of everything. And that's kind of what one of that is, is that it's a shareholder thing now, so you it's no longer this private company ran by this guy or these people. It's now we have to pander to these fucking people. Yeah. Not even not not the viewers, you know, not the fans, not not the people buying the merch or, you know, clicking the sites. Right. We don't mean shit anymore. It's the guys with the shares. Right. And that's the problem now. Is and, and not just with WWE, with all you know, my fucking godforsaken job. I. I Stay tuned. I might do an episode on my job one of these days. <laughs> Run that fucking company. But it's that, you know. It's no longer the value of the company. It's the value of the shareholders. And it's just killing everything. 
This is an entertainment business. Right. You know, it's, uh, um, I'm getting mad now. Vince, Vince, <laughs> Vince with the Vince with the slowly, you know, the slow dementia hitting his body. You got to imagine, okay, you're working backstage. Vince probably can't do the day to day and do every single little moment. They say he runs the script, final say on the script, and all that bullshit. You know, he probably, you know, he's so out of touch with characters and development and everything, all that. I can imagine the final say. There's probably people, you know, that speak up for him, like Bruce Pritchards and the Kevin Dunns. They probably give the final word, and they probably say, okay, this is coming from Vince. We're going to go with this for the ending of the show, you know, or we're going to go with this for the character, you know. And then, yeah. and Vince still maybe does a little bit of operating, but then they're probably trying to talk to him into, you know, let's go this way with this character, which it would be totally make the character look like stupid, you know, yeah. stupid shit. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know if you've seen the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Aviator, when he played Howard Hughes. No. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, Howard, I was... Hughes, Howard Hughes wound up having mental issues and everything, and he was in charge of doing the airplanes. He was making the airplanes and developing them. But he was getting to a point where he couldn't overrun or do his operations, and he had people speaking for him. And then eventually, you know, Howard Hughes, he got his character, or his eyes character, but Howard Hughes wound up getting himself more mentally screwed up where he had to be committed, and he yeah. got sick. And eventually he died and everything. That's the thing with Vince, I believe. He is not able, you know, to do it like he did maybe 10 years ago. Right. You know, he's losing that edge and he's got other people finally making that final decision for him, you know. Uh, take it back 10 years. CM Punk even called him out on it. Back when uh, John Laurinaitis was, you know, the, the, the TV character. Yeah. A raw GM or whatever like that, or executive of talent operations or whatever. You know, uh, you just do what Vince McMahon tells you because Vince is surrounded by a bunch of yes men. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I that's probably the case right now is, you know, Vince reviews it yes or no, and then these guys have to pitch it back to the wrestlers or the talent or whatever, or the writers, and it, it's just asinine. That's like Punk said in the pipe bomb, too. He said, oh, this company would be better off if Vince is dead, which would probably not be. I, I think so. Biased. Right you, now, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, his go goddamn, yeah, his goddamn, yeah, his idiotic daughter or a doofus, doofus son. son. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and, and that had the truth to it. Yes. That had the truth to it. You had the authority for a little bit. Yeah. Triple H, Stephanie, Seth Rollins as champion, Kane, Big Show. Yeah. You had Mercury and the other dudes. Well, the big hint to all that when Triple H was in charge was how uh, everything went to pure chaos and... Uh, what, what was it, like Triple H was going to wrestle the mop and CM Punk was going to be the referee or some shit? Yeah. Something so stupid because yeah. everyone felt like it was it was a hostile environment and nobody wanted to work. Yeah, and that was the, the yeah. storyline, the walkout. Dude, that was so fucking preemptive to today's society, too. Yeah, they're, <laughs> all walked, they're all walked out, but they're all hanging out in front of the building. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, heels and faces are all hanging out together because they don't want to wrestle because it's a hostile environment. <laughs> hey, we got catering. We got Wait. catering out for yeah. <laughs> Let's go into yeah. a little. We'll go into a little bit of ratings today. 
SmackDown averages anywhere between 2 and 2.2 million homes. That many. SmackDown is a good show because it's on Fox. A little bit more people see it on Fox. That, yeah, that's the only reason I watch wrestling is because it's on Fox. Yeah. Because yeah, I got rid of the, I cut the cord a couple years ago. And then you got Monday Night Raw. Say 10, 15 years ago, Raw, Raw was at 3 million homes. The last era of that was when CM Punk was still with the company. And it's never reached the 3 million homes anymore. Raw right now is averaging, they're in the tank. They're probably 1.4 to 1.7. Wow. 1.4 to 1.7. Wow. They always get destroyed on Monday Night Football when football season's around. Oh, it was a good football year, though. Football could be over with, and then Raw could maybe go up in the ring. It was a good football year. Uh, Steve Levy's a good announcer. (laughs) I know, I know. We're sidetracking. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's half my show, so we're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then, like I said, they're one point four to one point seven, but then you got Dynamite, which is on the rise. Mm-hmm. But the thing with them is they got the good stories going, or not stories. They got good characters going, unscripted. They put on hell of a good matches, but yeah, you, but you have no character to get behind, right? Right. You need a good character to get behind like WWE had back in the day with your John Cena, your Hogan, your Rocks. Oh, Cena's been 50-50 for a while. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is he's still Drew no matter what. Yeah. You didn't not turn him, or you didn't turn him off, but you didn't turn on for him. But he put butts in seats. Yeah. I mean, the whole reason uh, he never turned heel was because... He was the number one merch seller. They didn't want to risk that. Make a wish too. Yeah, yeah, that kids. was the thing. Yeah, make a wish was the other one. Yeah. yeah. So. And um, AEW needs that character for people to get behind. And yes. They need a good long term story to let two wrestlers go for maybe six to seven, eight, ten, ten months. Jericho was supposed to be the villain in AEW. He was supposed to be the heel. And now he's more of a good Christ, guy. Yeah, well, they sing his fucking entrance song. He comes out with the crowd singing instead of his music. Yeah, the, the Judas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's the epitome of you cannot dictate what the crowd wants. I mean, ECW was that example. Yeah. You, you would try to push, like, you know, a, a fight between uh, Sandman and Taz. With Taz as, as the heel, and he'd come out there, drop six suplexes, and the crowd's now cheering him mid-match, you know? Right. You cannot dictate. I mean, AEW's young and still growing, too. Yeah, they're green. Give them time. Give them yeah. time. You know, I, I agree with, I think it was Mick Foley's concept of a hold off on signing people for a while. You've got a really good roster right now. Hold off on the big names. Just... Create the match. Work on what you got now. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to add, but too much at one time is going to hurt you, you know? Right. And the thing that AEW throws off to you that WWE don't do no more is WWE fucking throws that constant matches every time. You may see, uh, example, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre fight in a six-month period. 30 out of 35 yep. times. Yep. That grows stale, you know. You have some different matches and mix it up a little bit. I think, if I remember this right, um, the last match between Randy Orton and John Cena 
that they had in front of a crowd. 128 matches they fought each other. That that's total, you know, throughout their careers, but all of WWE. 128. That's nuts. That, yeah, that's crazy. That's you nuts. know that that's a year and a half storyline and arc. Two years later, it's another year and a half storyline arc. It's just constant, you know, pitched, recycled, thrown out, pitched, recycled, thrown out. It's just, it just got so fucking stale. And all these and all these wrestlers now and all these all these matches, it's the same old shit every week. Yep. You know, you can have somebody like uh, Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks wrestle for the. 30,000th time yep. in a year's yep. period, you know. You just change up. who runs in and interrupts. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mix it up a little bit. And AEW is giving you that mixture now. They've got a big full roster. You're getting a little bit of mixture, you know. You'll have uh, Darby, Darby CM Punk for a match, and then you're switching it off going to the next rivalry, you know. CM Punk fighting somebody else. Darby's going and fighting somebody else. Yeah. But they're not going 7 8 not seven, eight times in a row, you know. Right. And, and you're not hammering the point home by, you know, uh, you know, Darby Allen fighting, uh, just to say MJF. And then Punk runs in and interrupts the match. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, Punk fights MJF, and then Ar- Darby Allen comes down and interrupts. You don't have that constant, just repeated headbutting that just wears you out, makes you tired of it, you know. Yeah. Whereas WWE is just so, f- you're just force-fed, man. It's just... People don't want that anymore. There was a stat line somebody threw online. They did uh, AEW in six months, WWE in a six-month period, all the matches that there were. In a six-month period, WWE, the main events, there was maybe like 34, no disqualification. The match ended in a... Wow. Or not no disqualification, but match ended in disqualification. Meaning, you know, the run-in. Right. Somebody fucked up for somebody else. AEW in six months, their matches all they ran. There was no all matches. clean. Yeah, all clean. Nice. Went into all clean. There was a clear cut winner. There the was crowd nobody. likes that. Yeah, the crowd likes that a lot. Yeah, the crowd wants a winner out of that. Yeah, exactly. Let's uh, break off and we'll go an hour two. Want to go hour two? Yeah. That sounds like a plan. I, uh, we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back with our number two. Thank you for listening to Keep It Down with Whiskey Nick, and... Like it or not, we've been changed. I like it. <laughs> Are we recording? Yes. Are we live? Yes. Are we back? I think we're back. Are we back? Thank you very much to our sponsor. Um, I got nobody. You? Ernest Brewer? Uh, this is a Atwater. <laughs> oh, Atwater. Okay. I, I, I am done. I finished my Labatt. I'm on to Atwater Decadent Dark Chocolate. Did you try it? Yeah? I didn't even no, see I'm it. Good. You sure? I got my Captain and Coke tonight. It's good. It's good. Okay. Mr. Captain Morgan tonight. In the NWO Cup. Yes, in the NWO Cup. We are on hour number two, two. of Keep It Down with Whiskey Nick. And Like It or Not with Big Ben Shady. I like it, Daddy. Oh, like It or Not with Big Ben Shady, available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple, uh, iTunes, whatever that is, Apple Tunes. Ah, uh, there's another one. I think you're on Breaker also. You're all over the fucking place, dude. You're killing it. You are killing the game. I love it. You are you're, you're a fucking god amongst men. I'm growing. And my audience is even getting bigger. I have to have 18. Yeah, not just 18 the audience. People. Keep talking dirty. I mean, something else is going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing these podcasts in the beginning and everything. And now... Uh, and my audience, I would think the highest was like six or seven, and now I'm mm-hmm. up to eighteen at one time. You're killing, man. 
And before we get back into our wrestling thing, I would like to thank all of you, the listeners at home, for giving me 1,000 plays for Like It or Not with Big Ben Shady, the milestone. Whiskey is one of my favorite uh, listeners. He's a he's a fan of the show. I'm a fan of his show. I regret to inform you I have not listened to your latest episode yet. Yeah. Uh, you recorded what, last night, Friday yeah. night? Yeah. Uh, you'll, well, you'll, you'll have Monday night or Monday in the morning in the truck. Monday about 10.05 I'll put it on. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get you through the work day in about an hour show there. I, I look forward to it. Yeah. I really do. I know with uh, your situation with going on with the wife and all that, it's uh, it's a lot weighing on you. There's a lot going on, and I'm happy to come by, throw back some beers, and talk a little wrestling, and get our minds into a a different state, at least for a little bit. Right. Forget about things for a moment. And, and I speak from the heart in the last podcast. If those who listened, you know what I talked about. But hey, those who haven't listened, check out the last episode, the follow-up to COVID. I look forward to it. Yeah. And this is my first time seeing you for the new year. Last time I seen you was yeah, happy new year, brother Christmas. man. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, you guys got hit with the COVID, and then things kind of downward spiraled from there and, and derailed. Yeah, because we were supposed to hang out New Year's Day. Yeah, and you guys were positive Sick. testing, so. Yeah. I took sick first, and then the wife took sick after. And it just escalated from there in a, in a very bad way. She never recovered. Still in a bad state right now, and she's going to work her way and getting better, though. Prayers, good vibes, positivity, whatever needed, it's coming. Yeah, out I there. I give it. I give it. Out there in podcast land, please keep praying and keep your thoughts and well wishes for my wife that she recovers mm-hmm. from her, from her uh, issue. <laughs> And with that, let's get back into the wrestling. Feel free to hit us up on our socials. You can find him at... (laughs) (laughs) Benjula12 on Twitter, uh, regular Facebook, Ben Marcheski, um, Big Papa Ben 78 on uh, Snapchat. Polish guy, love to hate on Instagram. TikTok, Big Papa Ben 78 also too. (laughs) (laughs) I threw you a curveball by leading it your way. (laughs) I'm over there on, uh, uh, I screwed that up. You can find me at Scrooge468SCROOG468, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and the world of Reddit. DMs are open for questions, comments, suggestions, inquiries, and insults there. That's nice and easy. I like that I can just spiel up. One of the things about my show is I like to think that the audience is talking along. Oh, I fucked up. Uh, welcome back for our two of Keep It Down with Whiskey Nick. I am your host, Whiskey Nick, and we are recording at... <laughs> I totally... I shit the bed, didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> the Pendulous Tables. We are on the road. We are in a professional studio. This is gorgeous. Yes, sir. Gorgeous. I like, gorgeous. To, I like to think my audience kind of... E- even though like I build my show as background noise, something you put on while you're doing something else, yours is the primary source of uh, listening. Mine's the secondary. I do like to think that my audience plays along with the call and call and response stuff. Tonight, though, tonight I do have background noise. I have my daughter. If you hear her in the background right now playing on her tablet, Amelia. and the noises, Miss Amelia Rose, Amelia. future podcaster. We'll have to see about that. See if she's got a good music topic. She's playing. <laughs> I like the music she's playing. She got some forty something shit going on. Some horn section band. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, now that Christmas time is over, the uh, Junction 40s on XM, Sirius XM is back. 
Nice. Oh, I love it. 40s and 50s, man. That's just... I'm an old man. I'm an old man. All right, let's go back to wrestling. Let's go back to talking about uh, our childhood thing and how it's become what it is. I, You know, one of the things I like also is hearing from the even older guys going back to the old territory days of, you know, you know your Midwest, your, um, your, your NWA, your WWF, and... Uh, Stampede Wrestling, you know, everything had its own territory and its own region, and the way it's all become such a national thing, too, is, is kind of watered it down a little bit. I know you got your indies all over the place, your GCW, your, uh, uh, oh, what is Jake Foster part of, uh, uh, I can't remember, I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> With all your little indie circuits and stuff like that, but it's just it doesn't have the same feel. You know, you don't have that regional uh, get come together. You know, you're you're not selling out. You know, eight hundred people from everybody from that area. No, and it's just kind of a the 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 changing of the guard from you know one set of stories from one generation to the next. That that's our thing, man. It's a generational thing. It's really cool. It's neat. We grew up at the very end of the territory stuff, and now we're on to the national. And now it's, uh, it went from WWF and WCW to what do we got? It's WWE now. They ran it really by themselves for the longest time. TNA, yeah, yeah. TNA tried to come in and become competitive. Yeah, TNA tried to be there for a little bit when Kurt Angle went down there. They had some good stars with Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, but they just couldn't get big enough. Tony Khan's got the money, so he created AEW. People love that competition now. Yes, yes. Like I said in the, in the first hour, uh, multiple threads, sources, sites are saying that Impact is the good storyline telling company right now, but that's just right now. And who watches it? <laughs> like, bless you. Thank you. You okay? <laughs> oh my God, you all right? Ugh. Wow. Allergic to the WWE bullshit. Man, hit you right in the toe. <laughs> AEW and NXT had went Wednesday Night War Battle for the longest time, like 92 weeks, and AEW just kicked their butt 87 out of the 92 weeks. How did this go to the shit pot? The Nexus was good. That idea of that, you know, little second company, that faction of OVW or whatever the hell you want to call it, Nexus, was really good. It was clever. It was entertaining. It was fun. And NXT is shit. I know NXT was, like, really good for a while, but... Oh, the Nexus faction you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were the hot item. They were really, you know, they made an impact that day when they came in and destroyed John Cena. Yeah. Daniel Bryan choked out Justin Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who else got beat up? CM Punk, Michael Cole, I think, all got beat up. They tore the ring out. Tore the ring apart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wade Barrett. Uh... You had hot TV there. That was a group of characters, and you had people tuning in. All right, what the fuck is Nexus going to do the following week? The Nexus was, was way more entertaining than the Spirit Squad could have ever been. Yeah. So Nexus is a hot commodity. You throw them in a pay-per-view with 
Team Cena and whoever else he had on his team. And then you scrap that, you know, well, if Nexus loses, they're done and disbanded forever. Yeah. And you call, you cooled off a hot product in the Nexus. Yep. And you, you know, bury them, you know, Cena destroys them all. Nexus goes away and then they all go separate entities. And uh, No, it was uh, CM Punk that came in. Okay. Remember CM Punk? Uh, kicked he became off. a come yeah. leader. For yeah, cause, cause it was Wade Barrett was in that steel cage match. I forget against who. Maybe Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And uh, Punk comes out like to help Barrett and say he rips the uh, Nexus uh, armband. Excuse me, armband off of Wade. Puts it on, pushes Wade off. And so somehow, uh, you know, Barrett ends up losing. A, I don't like the idea of you can lose a cage match via pin, but apparently that was a thing. So, <laughs> but then Punk's on top of the cage with the Nexus armband on. So, yeah. Back before he was, you know, the big thing that he was. Take, but on his way too. You take Punk. Oh yeah, let's just throw him, make him the next leader. And he had a hot product. He was the Straight Edge Society for the longest time too. Yeah. Had the head shaving for the wrestlers and. You know, sobriety free and everything. Luke yep. Gallows and Serena Deeb. Yeah, it, it was a good product for a minute. Yeah. They just. I, oh my God! Can you imagine if the SES, the Straight Edge Society, and and the uh, uh, what was Stephen Richards' thing? For, uh, right to justice or something. Right to censor. Right to censor. Yeah. 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 That's funny. You mentioned though. It's much funny you mentioned there's CM Punk in the uh, Straight Edge Society. He was doing commentary on AEW one day, and Serena Deep come up for a match against some other woman wrestler. And then CM Punk made that reference, you know. How about that Serena Deep? She's got a nice full head of hair. You know. And he, he threw that out there, you know, to, to the old wrestlers that knew, you know, Serena Deep shaved her head to be a part of Straight Edge Society. If you're hearing vibrating and weird stuff on my phone, my oldest is hitting me up on Instagram like ridiculously for some stupid reason. I wanted to go back on track there and talk about, um, we were talking about Sami Zayn, how much you dislike him. They did a, a there was, there was a rest, there was a, a study on him, um, there was the segment that he was supposed to get a title shot with against Brock Lesnar for the title or Roman Roman sorry. It was uh, Sammy and Roman. I'm gonna time out there to figure out what the fuck she wants. I'm gonna go potty also. I'm gonna take a little break. So uh, hey, um, stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. So uh, we're back. I was getting into a story with Sammy Zayn. Someone online posted there was a stat. During his time that he had a title shot against Brock Lesnar, or not Brock Lesnar, I'm sorry, his title shot against Roman Reigns, where Brock Lesnar beat his ass. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge the tribal chief. I had leukemia, but then yet I was doing uh, Hobbs versus Shaw. Yeah, yeah. I I faked it. I faked it. I was filming with my cousin. My leukemia came back during the, the, the COVID, but yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry. They did a study 
they did a study on SmackDown. This is why they like your show more than mine. Yours is legit and decent. I just derail the fuck out of everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did, he, um, I did it again. He come out on SmackDown. He took like three minutes, four minutes to get to the ring. Mm-hmm. And then they cut so many commercial promos. He's in the middle of the ring while they're cutting commercial promos. Everybody's got to pay attention to the Titantron. What goes on? They did a segment, I think, what happened, what was going on on Raw with between two people. They talked about a pay-per-view going on. They come back to Sami Zayn for a quick little brief minute. He's in the ring. He's getting ready for his match against Roman Reigns and everything. Then they go and cut into something else. And they said it was like a 38-minute segment that went by. Yes. It's, and then Sammy was only in for like four minutes of that 38-minute yes. segment. Yep. That's another thing that's wrong with WWE. They're doing too much into other things and less wrestling time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I get that you want to kind of... When you cut to a commercial break for your TV audience... That's when you cut your promos for the live audience. Let them feel like they're a part of it. When you come back from the TV break, that's when you get back into it for real. But for some reason, I I know Raw was really good for going dark for the longest time during every commercial break. No matter what was going on in the ring, it was commercial time, it just went dark. Like literally, they would shut lights off. You know, above the ring and all that, and just go dark. Yeah, it's so stupid. You just, you know, your your cameras just cut, and you break away, and you go to your commercial. You, you let those guys have that in ring moment. Let them work the crowd. Let you see. Let them see what. Let them show you what they can do. Work the crowd, get their reactions, get their pops, get their boos, whatever they're going for. And then when you come back from it, and you're, you know, you, you go back to the uh uh. uh to the live show or tape show or whatever, you know, you, you piggyback off of that for the for the moment, and then you go into your segment, whatever you're going to, and you work it, and you you put the match on, you finish it up, whatever it is. Oh yeah. But 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 yeah, to take that break, come back to a talking segment, to take a break, to come back to a a, a replay or a video segment, to take a break, to come back. No, that, that just totally drives your audience away. It just kills our interest in it, you know? 38 minutes of Sami Zayn is 37 minutes too much. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, Albert one I touched on it, that's not fuck Sami Zayn the person, that's just fuck the character that they're pushing on him, you know? Yeah. It, oh my God, I would just throw shit at my TV. <laughs> Half the time when I watch SmackDown, uh, the, the, the way Whiskey Nicks is set up, uh, where I sit is I'm usually on the couch chilling uh, perpendicular to the main TV where I'm sitting there watching whatever the hell I'm actually interested in. Uh, the TV next to the bar, which would be parallel to the couch I'm usually chilling and smoking and sitting in, is got SmackDown on. Half the time I have the remote for that TV next to me, and half the time SmackDown's on mute because it's just so unfucking watchable. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, the the minute anything gets exciting, you know, I look over and it's usually the lights flashing because that's the cue. You know, you know, all the lights get flashing and going. You know, something big's happening because we can't just watch the fucking show. You have to put all these visual and audio cues in. And then half the time, I'm enjoying 
Pat McAfee reacting more than I'm enjoying the actual show. Yeah. Well, what is that doing for you? Like, I get McAfee coming in and doing his part and is good for you, but at what point is he the show and you're not? And that's why I think SmackDown's become. Like, I tune in to listen to and watch McAfee more than I watch SmackDown. I, I can't stand in Roman Reigns' character. Seth Rollins jumping over is a waste. Yeah. What else is on SmackDown? <laughs> oh. Uh, Shit. Yeah. Zayn is worn out. Uh, Nakamura's gone stale. Yeah. You um got a damn uh, rivalry going, and you got about for the 2000 time Naomi and Sonya Deville I I, going on with that. Yeah, I, I struggle. I sound like a sexist pervert, jerk ass, whatever, but I struggle with the women's division because those are the worst of the worst because they're so forced by their scripts and the worst of the actors. Yeah. I, I don't know what you want. <laughs> I say truth to this is that AEW women's division is a lot better than WWE's. Yes, WWE's. yes. AEW even got creative and gave a mid-card title for the women and came up with the TBS title. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Good. TBS title and the women's title for the women, and then the men have the TNT title. That's cool. With the heavyweight title and the tag belts. That's yeah. so cool. That's that's clever. That's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. AEW has one hour on Friday night's Rampage, and they have Wednesday night's two hours of Dynamite. Rampage is also taped hour after Dynamite runs. Two hours of dynamite on Wednesday night, and then they go a full hour. So you're at a crowd on a dynamite on Wednesday, you get three hours of wrestling. Yeah. And you get to actually just sit through two hours of dynamite, but you get that hour of a different show. Yep. Which is cool. Concept. AEW right now is trying to promote Taz's son. Taz has a son, Hook. Yes. Get Hook. Yes, I've seen him. Yeah. Kid Hook's got like a four or five and old record right now. He reminds me of like a, a a little more, a little bit bigger, a little more. I don't want to say charisma, but just something else. But he reminds me of a, a freshly freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Yeah, he reminds me of that, but like in villain form, a heel form. Somebody said that Hook looked like Tom Holland from Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> smaller build. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it, yeah, it's clever. It's genius. I, and then Orange Cassidy is one of my favorites. Like I don't watch AEW just not because I don't watch it, but because it's on. He's been in a rivalry late at night, and I just don't. He's been in a rivalry with Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole. Adam Cole has been getting or has been beating Orange Cassidy's ass, and I kind of don't understood that. And I was like, what are they doing with Orange Cassidy throwing him under the bus? I said, there's got to be something coming. In this matchup that they're going to finally let Orange Cassidy go over. So this past Wednesday, they're in Cleveland for Dynamite. Call their little mini pay-per-view beach break. Like four days ago Wednesday? Yeah. No shit. There was Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole in a lights-out match. So they were in Cleveland two days after WWE was in Toledo Toledo. for Raw. Yeah. No shit. Oh, my God. They're trolling WWE so hard. Uh That's beautiful. Uh I love it. So, so they had those two fight in a no non-sanctioned match. This is supposed to be the end of their little rivalry for now. Orange Cassidy finally gets to go over on Adam Cole and pins Adam Cole. They throw each other off the top of 
top of the uh, the entrance way. They oh, fall like shit. a good nice twenty feet. Yeah. And that and got the crowd reaction. Oh shit, you know. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, no, hey, no. And that and um <laughs> they put on a five star match at the beginning of the show, which was Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara for the unified TNT title. Sam is so good. Sammy Guevara, yeah, he's a high he's, flyer. Yeah, he's I get behind him. And in person, he's the coolest fuck dude. Yeah, you got to see him last year at Astronomicon. I, I met him at Astronomicon for, uh, for that was really cool. He, he's just a down to earth, decent guy. He's he gave cool. him a cigar. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. It was after he got engaged to his uh, lady friend uh, prior to starting, uh, prior to him breaking up and then dating uh, uh, Ty, Conti. Ty Conti. Yeah. 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 So he had just got engaged like you know three weeks beforehand. So I you know I had a travel humidor full of sticks and I'm like you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there and uh, uh, shake hands with Sammy and hand him a cigar and my brother was there with the Astro with us and he was supposed to get a couple pictures you know but he couldn't get his phone out when I went over to him so that never happened but yeah I just shook hands and chat with him for a minute yeah Sammy's a good dude he's just downright decent guy Darby Allen was there too and I, I got a weird vibe from Darby Allen you said Darby Allen I was like a little really pretty kid I, I got tiny. a prince. Yeah, oh, small dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Sammy was pretty jacked. You could see it in him. Dar- Darby's smaller than Nuffle? Nuffle, Nuffle G's small. Oh, it's close. Nuffle's a little guy. It's close. Darby's a little guy. <laughs> I was shocked. Well, that, that well, uh, Astronomicon 3, I met uh, Marty Wright, Boogeyman. Yeah, the I'm taller than him. I got a broad, broader shoulders than him. I'm bigger than him. I was blown away by that. Uh, Bruce the Barber Beefcake was at Astro 3. I got to meet him. He had me by like an inch. It's like, oh my God, these are like all these larger than life people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, I fucking tower over you. Um, uh, actor Richard Brake. Uh, the Night King from Game of Thrones, if you're familiar with him. Like, you know, Tracy got to meet him, and I was kind of right there, and small little guy, too. It's like, it's one of the things they never tell you, is they're just normal fucking people, you know? It's, it's yeah. so cool. And that's where I'm really excited about, oh, you just... I'm wondering that this Astro 5, I'm hoping we get some more wrestlers coming. Or have another good little actress or something come. I'm excited for Astro 5. Uh, this is funny because at the end of Astro 4, like I told my brother, and then I think I texted you, I said, let's do NWO. Just for shits and giggles. Let's just... And now all of a sudden, you know, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, Sean Waldman, Xbox slash 6, are all going to be at Astro 5. <laughs> So it's like, I'm going to cosplay, you know, I'm going to go with Scott Hall. You know, I got the wig, I got the black wig. and I'm working on becoming Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and now they're all going to be there. I'm like, oh, fuck. I got to get the uh, costume ready, get the tickets. <laughs> but oh. I'm excited to meet these guys, shake their hands and just kind of, you know. I want to try to have a photo up with all of Nash at least. Uh, you can do it at the table, hell yeah. I, I paid the extra to do the NWO package, so I can have all three of them. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to wear the shirt. And, Let's see yeah. I'm excited, man. It's going to be fun. It's a good time. Uh, two other guys from Super Troopers. Yeah, we are totally derailed. I, this, 
This is the part where uh, Keepadel takes over the show and derails the fuck out of the <laughs> concept of the show. Two of the guys from Super Troopers are going to be at uh, Astro 5. I'm excited to get the DVD signed. Thank you. But yeah, you know what? It would be. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. It'd be nice to get a couple extra wrestlers there. Especially. Hopefully, uh, hopefully in, we get some good guest lists coming. Impact up. or AEW or even some guys that came from Ring of Honor that are still. Working the circuit, trying to get their name out there. Get some Jay Lethal coming. Oh, I'd love to meet Jay Lethal. Get some Black Machismo. Oh, my God. Dude could kill. His macho man is Ric Flair. Jay Lethal's badass, man. They got him now working on AEW. He took a little mini break, but they got him back. He's working the dark part of AEW on... uh, down in Orlando for the tapings and that Monday, Tuesday nights. Yeah. And then he's supposed to have a match on uh, Rampage next Friday against Ricky Starks for Taz's FTW Championship. <laughs> Jay Lethal, you know, I cutting a promo belt. on uh, Ricky Starks, you know. Well, I want to get you, I want to get a heavyweight, or I want to get a title shot with you. Uh, you might have to go ask your daddy, Taz, for permission to, uh, <laughs> you know, grant uh, Love it. Lethal's good. Lethal's always been good. Yeah, he really elevated an impact. I'd like to see a lethal uh, Jay Lethal and CM Punk match. Jay Lethal, Darby Allen. Oh, Jay Lethal and uh, Crafty Squeeze. (laughs) That'd be a good battle. Some some good, like, uh, 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 oh, what, what was the old lightweight division? The X division? Oh, yeah, 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 the X division. No, I was thinking uh, WWF, WCW. Oh, the lightweight division, cruiserweight? Cruiserweight, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. I shit the bet on that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. That was one of the, oh, when, that's another thing, too, is when WWF first did the, uh, the brand split from Raw to SmackDown. SmackDown was by far the superior show. Guerrero, Lesnar, Angle, Mysterio. You, you had the cruiserweight division. Paul Heyman wrote that show, and then Vince didn't yep. like that, that SmackDown was overtaking Raw in the ratings. And too fucking bad, yeah. I'm going to yank Paul Heyman off of SmackDown. Yep. Let's put him on Raw. And SmackDown still was a better show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that cru- I, I swear up and down that the cruiserweight division was the best thing for WWF. WWE, whatever. Yeah. It, it was a great, great show. It was great for it. Going back to what I was saying earlier in the evening, that uh, Dynamite needs a good story and a good character for the company to build upon. And they could wind up overtaking finally. You could see a day come where they could overtake Raw in the ratings overall. If Raw would fall down to, say, 1.5, and then Dynamite would need that character and that story mm-hmm. to build to where they could have a 1.6. Who would crazy. be a, who would be the good villain? Who would be the good heel for AEW to be able to get that arc? Anyone they bring in from the outside, like if they would bring Bray Wyatt, he automatically be faced. No matter how they build him, the crowd would cheer him. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're waiting for him now, you know, whenever he's so, going to show up. That that's the big thing is they they need that real big bad heel, bad guy, you know, anti hero, the crowd to to shit on and hate. 
But who could they get? Who who would the crowd actually buy into and not? He's not able to take that company to that next level yet, but MJF is playing a great heel. Oh, MJF is, yeah. He's yeah. playing the best heel in the past 20 years of all of wrestling. He's got a good heel thing going on. He's unscripted. He's even going on, he's going even going on Dynamite, and he's even teasing about leaving and going to the WWE in 2024. Yeah, I see that. I yeah. see that. He's already taunting it. Yeah. What about, like, Punk or uh, uh, Brian Danielson? Could you see either of them flipping heel? Or well, Brian that... Danielson's actually gone flipped heel. against. He had his little two bouts against Hangman Page. He went heel. Yeah, Page. That went, that went, first match went to a no, uh, no count. That went to a time limit. Draw. Yeah, that's right. Time limit, yeah, yeah. And then the second matchup was when Hangman beat him finally. Really? Yeah. He kept his title. That was his title defense, first title defense. Now, they're mm-hmm. building on Brian Danielson. He'll probably be the heel. They're going to have the next match now, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. John Moxley is mm-hmm. back. Yeah, John right. Moxley yeah, went away yeah. for... John Moxley went away for three months to an alcohol rehab to get himself better. Yep. Which he looks good now. He came back in this past week. Or la- end of last week he come back. I didn't like him kicking the fan out. The what? Kicking the fan out. I think he kind of said something to piss Moxley off, though. He did, he off. did, but that's kind of the thing. Unless it was a plant thing, just to kind of make it, give him that... You know, a, a face push. You know, yeah, like push, push. come back, yeah. Back thing. It could have been a plant, but yeah, I, I, I that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like you, you know, you went away for something. Someone calls you on, you don't get to get mad, you know. Yeah. But if it was a plant thing, because the crowd got behind him when he booted him the fuck out, so Moxley looked good though. I'm surprised. Back from three months, no drinking, no alcohol, and looked clean. He looked like. You look like the younger days of the Dean Ambrose when he first came into the league. You, you telling me I look like shit? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Moxley had the hair grown out again. His yeah. face looked thinner. They did a side-by-side <laughs> comparison picture. Did they? Moxley when he was drinking to Moxley sober now. And Moxley, the face was red. The face was swelled up. Mm-hmm. The head the head was just all red, beat red. He had his head shaved, and he just looks he looks happy again. Oh, he was a little stressed out. His wife looked pregnant and angry and mean. And... <laughs> but on the end of a, a Monday or a Friday night rampage, he won his match, and he was going through the crowd. And then Brian Danielson was in the uh, corridor and was over there. Good job, you know. Mockley just yeah. looked at him and stared at him and went about their business. That's teasing the. He's in the crowd there, and it's going to be the next match for Brian Danielson. That, that could have been the biggest thing, so, you know, uh, bringing it back around to the Royal Rumble. If Moxley would have came out with Seth Rollins, can you imagine the pop that would have gotten, especially through the crowd? Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's piggyback <laughs> off of that. Let's put CM Punk in the Royal Rumble. Entry number 13. He lasts 10 minutes and goes. Can you imagine that pop? Can you imagine that hype? But then when he left, he burned the bridge, though. Oh, he torched the entire fucking town. Moxley burned his bridge. But on the same note, though, WWE torched Mickey James, but then they, you know, 
the whole idea of breaking down the you know the forbidden wall or the barrier was door. Shut up. The forbidden. Forbidden scrotum. Don't touch me there. I mean, that was kind of their way of making up to her. You know, okay, we're going to do this. You know, we'll, we'll invite you back for the Royal Rumble. You're not going to win, but, you know, we'll... That's, that's a huge apology on, on WWE's behalf, you know? Mm-hmm. If, they, if they're willing to do that, why not acknowledge WWE? Or um, AEW? Uh, they went through that crap where they uh, put DX in the Hall of Fame... And Billy Gunn goes, he can't fire me. <laughs> and Triple H, you know, ha- has to defend Vince. So he'd buy that piss ant company just to fire you. Yeah. That did nothing but sour the crowd. Right. Why, why don't you just acknowledge that you have someone else out there and, you know, appreciate that you have competition? Why not? And then look at that. You have DX in the Hall of Fame for all that bullshit. Everybody was out there. Was that uh, Triple H, Triple H, X Pac, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, Road Dog, and as about a year and a half ago, that all happened. They were riding that tank in the WCW uh, arena. Yeah, but um, but um, back then, you know, Triple H was that pissant company and everything. A year and a half ago, Road Dog, Road Dog gets released. Yep, yep. He gets the shit can. Yep. Now Road Dog's waiting for his ninety days up. He's going to go join Billy in AEW to be a producer. Oh, my God. That 90-day clause is such a fucking death sentence. I did read Billy Gunn went to go trademark the new age outlaws. Nice. So you may see that coming up in AEW down the road. I, I love the joke, but it's not a joke. It's like a serious thing, but it, it can't be serious because it's not legit. That Billy Gunn should get, like, rookie of the year. Because he, you know, his his old ass at 58, 59 years old is going into AEW and is like such an amazing performer that like he should get rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah, he it's looks like, good for his age. Oh, he does not look 58, 59. He's ripped. Yeah, he, and he performs well. He doesn't look old, sluggish, sloppy. He, dude's amazing. There was the, there was the match. On uh, Dynamite a while back, it was Darby and Sting tag teaming against Billy Gunn and Billy's son, Austin Gunn. Billy has got his boys in there, the Gun Club, as a tag team. Oh, yeah, yeah, Austin yeah. Austin and Colt Gunn, I think their names are. Oh, nice. And uh, Billy Gunn teamed up with his son, Austin. But then you had in the match, you had Billy Gunn and Sting going at each other. Here's two people that are past their 50s. Oh, yeah. Almost pushing 60. Sting is 61. Sting is 61? Yes, sir. Jesus. Sting is 61, and they're performing like they're still, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Sting can't do no hard bumps because of the neck issue that Seth Rollins fucked up his neck. Yeah. That was the end of Sting's WWE run. That's crazy, man. But Sting and Billy Gunn put on a hell of a match on Dynamite. Yeah. Two guys that know how to protect each other can work fucking amazing. I could see, honestly, that once Road Dog comes over to AEW, I could see Billy leave his boys for the time being to join up with Road Dog and create that tag team. Like, all four of them team up with his boys and Road Dog. That could be Have their faction. 
Yeah, the gun club factory. The newer age outlaws are still age outlaws. Yeah. That's an idea. And we're going to see Jeff Hardy in AEW come March, springtime. Yeah. He's sitting on his 90 days. He, uh, uh, yeah, well, they, they both said that they want to win some sort of tag title together again. Yeah. Before they're done. And they got some matchups, three matchups in AEW they're going to try to put together. And, um, um, that's going on with tonight of the Royal Rumble that they tried to get WWE tried to get Jeff Hardy to come back to the company and they were going to put him in the Royal Rumble and they were going to give him a 2022 Hall of Fame induction and Jeff Hardy said fuck you I'm not coming back yeah, first done. things first is you induct the Hardy boys before you do them singularly yeah fuck you I'm not coming back I'm going to AEW WWE didn't want to let him go to AEW. The other thing that I keep hearing is WWE inviting Mickey James is kind of a slight, like a slap to uh, AEW because AEW had that little revolving door contract with uh, Impact. Yeah. And WWE tried to get that contract in uh, New Japan. That but they, they, yeah, that fell as shit. So they, they were trying to like saying, fuck you, we can do that. Why can't... Uh, they, they, these... They, I don't know how to phrase this. Words are hard. <laughs> Hashtag words are hard. You're, you're signed as an independent contractor, but you're signed to a contract. Why can't you just sign as a... As a as needed performer and then work for various promotions at one time since, since none of these promotions will allow these wrestlers to unionize oh that would change the game so much if they could why can't you just deny a full long-term contract because when you're in a long-term contract one you get that shitty ass wwe 90 day no compete clause where you can't go anywhere else for three months but uh, why can't you just do a as-needed contract? Yeah. And then, you know, okay, we, we want you to work these dates. This company wants to work those dates. And then you work them all. You work cross-promotions. We're to the point in society as fans, as companies, as TV products, that cross-promotion is the way to go. If I have someone that's a star over here... And I shift them over there. That brings ratings to both. Why does it have to be a matter of, you know, I want this guy here and here only. And on this day and this day only. If you can expand it, you know, because that's what I think is right now. Is expansion and watering it down and just spreading it so fucking thin that, you know, it's everywhere. Why not do it amongst promotions? Why not CM Punk travel to Japan for two matches? Tony Khan actually lets them do that, though. He'll go to New Japan and go fight over there. GCW, too. John Mockley fought over there. Yeah, yeah. Global Championship Wrestling. Yep. But Vince wouldn't allow that to let him go that, over and do anything else. That's what's going to kill WWE. Yeah. These smaller promotions are working together, and they're putting shit, and it's it's going to kill the WWE because they think they're too big for the britches anymore. And in reality, is they once were, but now they've shrunk. Yeah. Uh, I do we say the pandemic caused that? You know, the whole coronavirus was shut down. The the the, the Thunderdome 
did all that bring that to a screeching halt to where they had, couldn't figure out how to reconfigure, or was it just were they on that road already and it just got accelerated? But that's a good question. One way or another, I mean, that's the case. I mean, you got promotions like Impact and AEW, GCW, New Japan. You got your small indies that are now back up and running and selling out in the halls. <laughs> I was kind of wondering, too, that the Impact and WWE supposedly worked on a deal. You know, it's Mickey James tonight coming to the Royal Rumble. Now, what will WWE send to TNA Impact? Are they going to send, who are they going to send over there? Maybe for an appearance, AJ Styles? Well, well, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Throw AJ, AJ Styles in there? Will there be... AJ was supposed to go back for a while, and I can say because they want to get rid of her because she's been a problem, Charlotte Flair. And then when her contract expires, she can finish it up down there and then go back to fucking AEW with her husband, Andrade. Be with Andrade, yeah. Yep. But I see, I could see AJ going over to Impact for the time being as the swap for Mickey James. Oh yeah, AJ for sure. Yeah, because um, that's his own his own uh, promotion. Yeah, he um. Plus they got the Impact. You know, they try to do their little Hall of Fame. You know, it ain't as big as WWE's Hall of Fame, but they do their own little Hall of Fame. And, oh, we're gonna probably have AJ Styles on their Hall of Fame. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No. Okay. Um. um uh, and we touched on this earlier, you know, pre-show, is uh, I follow Jonathan Coachman, the coach, you know, on, on Twitter. And somebody asked him, you know, uh, how do you feel if uh, WWE want to do an, uh, induct you in the Hall of Fame? And he goes, that's a nice idea. I'd be honored, but I wouldn't accept. The WWE has done so many things to so many people to wrong them that, I mean, this is where you're at now. You could take a guy like the coach and want, want him in. I mean, everyone, he was a great bad guy. He was funny. He was entertaining. He was a good announcer. For him him to say, no, I don't want involved in that, I mean, that's a big payday. That's a big payout. That's a big uh, uh, PR moment. To say no, to poo-poo that, you know, it's like, what, what are you doing to burn all these fucking bridges with all these fucking people? And that, that's what's weird about watching this show, because uh, I, I go back to, this is what we grew up watching. This is our shit. You know, why is it going to shit? <laughs> yeah. This is our thing. What's happening? What's going on? Why Why is our, 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 our one little thing that we latch on to and enjoy and want to watch, and why is our escapism falling to crap? Yeah. Mm. As much fun as AEW is and how cool it is, you you don't have that hard line between heel and face, so it makes it hard. It's fun to sit back and watch, but you don't have that investment to sit and tune in. I want to watch this guy beat that guy. I want to see this happen to that, you know? Yeah. It's, I'll watch it to watch it, but I just don't have that investment to want to, you know? Right. And I could easily, you know, I, I piggyback off my old man's uh, cable account, so I could easily just, you know, flip on uh, uh, TNT and get it. But it's on at 9 o'clock at night, and I'm typically in bed by 8.30, 9 o'clock. Then it went from 8 to 10. 8 to 10? Yeah. I can catch 45 minutes. <laughs> Ram, Rampage comes on Friday. 
Dynamite now or Dynamite now has moved to TBS. Dynamite's on TBS Wednesday, so make the ten. Rampage is on TNT from Friday at ten to eleven. I that's the that's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the other thing, because I don't know what the fuck's on what. <laughs> yeah. Um a little while back <laughs> a little while back before the end of the year, um, there was a little head to head one time only. Um, Rampage ran from the 10 to 11 time slot, mm-hmm. and Tony Khan was all psyched up for it, and SmackDown went into a SmackDown Super Show, and they had two and a half hours. They went from 8 to 10.30. Oh, my God. Um, the little, the little um, half-hour head-to-head, it was 20 minutes that AEW wound up winning the ratings war. Oh, really? Yeah. It was it was supposed to be in the ratings war. I think it was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I think yeah, doing something for the twenty thousandth time. Yeah, and um, they went up head to head with AEW, and AEW's main event was uh, a couple of the lady wrestlers, and the rate and the lady wrestlers. CM Punk was part of that head to head, but then it was the lady wrestlers that ended the show for AEW. And they wound up getting that key demographic, and they won that rating from no the over WWE. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that was big for the uh, that was big for the women. They they really liked that. Do we want to wrap up, or do we want to take another commercial break? Why? No, we'll, we'll one more little segment, then we'll call it quits for the night. All right, uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We have an amazing uh, last little segment, and uh... you gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I gotta go touch it. You gotta go tinkle. <laughs> Shake it more than once you're playing with it. No, I'm gonna play with it. All right. Hey. And we are back. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Kohler and American Standard and uh, all other toilet manufacturers. Nature Stone. Nature Stone. <laughs> no Urban Meyer. Uh, what are... <laughs> He's bumping and grinding with a 20-year-old. I don't see nothing wrong with a little bumping grind. Oh, Great Lakes is just running right through me. And Nervin's doing uh, kicking, kicking players, beating up players on the team. Okay, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this will be our last segment, we promise. We're having fun. We're enjoying ourselves. We hope you are, too. Here, uh, keep it down with Whiskey Nick, like or not, Big Ben Shady. My God, what the fuck were we talking about? What's I going to get into? Ah, wow. I, I went to the room to go touch it. Dragon Tales is funded in part by Dragon Tales. Something about Dragon Tales. He's out to tell you the truth. He's out tell so well. Yeah. Me and Miss Amelia's over here sitting. Do we need another commercial break? <laughs> something something that I mind about WWE. Uh, I, I, I was just saying how out of touch they are. Their, their, their fan base, their... I don't know what their clicks are on their websites and stuff like that, or it's just the crowds don't seem to be into their shows. Everything's forced. I'm the casual watcher. I, I tune into SmackDown only because I. Who's okay? You're playing footsie with me. Get out. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I used to be the diehard every week, you know, all day, every day. I'd watch everything, keep track of everything. And what happened? Why, why did the show go to shit? Why, um, AEW, I'd, I'd love to watch more. I certainly would, but... Just hard for you with your schedule. Yeah. You're working a lot of hours. You come home, you're tired. Oh, you're I, I, had, I had a nice short week this week. I, I only put in like 53 hours. 53? Yeah. Yeah, because I couldn't get the gun in my mouth fast enough. <laughs> wow. Wow, we got dark, didn't we? Yes, sir. <laughs> Did the lights go out? <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Whiskey Dick is there. <laughs> there was um. I hear it. <laughs> WWE decided uh, about a, two weeks ago decided to pull a Karen on AEW and complain to the network TV. Did not like an episode of AEW Rampage, hardcore match. It was four of the rest, women wrestlers, actually, and they wound up busting themselves open and bleeding. Mm-hmm. And they Juicy. frowned upon the bleeding and everything. That is not acceptable. Un- uncanny, no gory violence on TV should not be allowed. They need to be reprimanded for their actions. You know? Well, we, yeah. uh, WWE, you quit doing that years ago. You know, well, you, you, you decide to eliminate the blood in your matches. Here's my issue with that, and and this is Eric Bischoff has, has said himself that they should have fought harder. Uh, when uh, uh, when Scott Hall went from WWE as Razor Ramon back to WCW as Scott Hall, you know himself, but he kind of somewhat similarly still portrayed the Razor character with the hey yo and you know that whole thing. Uh, even Eric Bischoff said we should have fought that harder in court. WWE said that they were taking a, uh, a WWE product and using it there, you know, referring to the character. Oh yeah. And then w- uh, Eric Bischoff said, you know, WCW should have fought harder to say that. Well, technically, that was a Diamond Stud character that was Razor Ramon, but. For whatever fucking reason. I remember that cease and desist shit. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of a... Mm, you know, you, you, you had that chance, you had the opportunity, and they shit the bed in WCW. Because they could have easily won that. Hey, there we go. Can you turn that down? Turn it down. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, to, to try and bullshit that into a season dis or a, a inappropriate context or whatever for you know a little little juice, a little flow for all the hardcore matches and crap that they put on TV. WWE has it's just asinine. Yeah, looking at a little bit of the Royal Rumble tonight. You just you decided to fire all these fucking wrestlers and release people. So tonight you have two entries in the Royal Rumble. Twenty seventh was Shane McMahon. Oh my god. Twenty eighth, you bring in the fucking Latino rapper Bad Bunny. What? 
Yeah, a rapper. What? A musician rapper to come in the fucking Royal Rumble. Well, the last couple of weeks on SmackDown, they've been teasing Johnny Knoxville. Was he in Rumble? He come in the Rumble tonight, too. Are you serious? He was like 11th or 12th. They actually put these guys in the... Johnny Knoxville, yeah. He beat. He threw over Sami Zayn. Are you shitting me? Yeah. That's yeah. a jobber move. That's bullshit. Then I think Johnny Knoxville got eliminated by AJ Styles. I don't week. care. If I was Sami, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And I just got done saying I don't like Sammy. Yeah. Bullshit. You're, fuck you. You're a fucking wrestler. You're you're working your ass off, but then you get thrown out by a celebrity. Yeah. Like, make it close. Make it fun and exciting. Like, pretend like he threw you out, but then crawl back into the bottom, you know? Don't get pitched by the fucking guy that's pushing his movie. That's so... Oh, my God. That's what's wrong with WWE. Exactly. Dumb fucking shit like that. Like, I get the whole WrestleMania thing when Pete Rose would come out and dance like the chicken and Kane would tombstone him. That's fine. That's fun. This crap. This whole, you know, you win the Royal Rumble, you go to WrestleMania, but then you get in water and have to rumble down with fucktards and dipshits. That's the RoboCop. We're out. We're out. We are the fuck out. My generation knows better. Our generation knows better. Uh-huh. And there's this younger generation is like, fuck all these people. I don't give a shit about any of them. This is just... If you, if you sat down a hundred kids that love this WWE product now, sit them in a room and play old footage of the Attitude Era... Oh, they'd hate it. They would hate it. They would hate it. Hate it? That's the thing. That's the thing. I try to show my kids things that were cool when I was young, and they're like, this is so stupid. You're not even giving it a fucking chance, and that's what they do. That this younger generation doesn't even give it a fucking chance. They are so fucking force-fed the crap that what is now is now, and it's the best as ever it'll be. This generation, and it's now, the worst. It's the worst. This generation now tries to cancel culture. Eminem too. That's not happening. No. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. It just drives me up the fucking wall. You want to wrap up, brother? It's yeah, like 2.30 in the morning. We had a good fucking show. Yeah, this was fun, man. We were like talking. Let's do like an hour, 15, hour, 20, and break it up into like two shorties. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are at two hours. We just went all the off the tracks. And... Every which way possible. Yeah. I think we did pretty good, man. I I know I derailed a couple times and got stupid, but uh, right. I think, well, that's my show. When you I... help me, you help me distress out from everything that's going on in my life right now. I'm, I'm happy to relax and unwind. I know you're. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening to uh like it or not tonight and thanks to my guest special guest whiskey nick and this has been the joint podcast anyway yeah 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 thanks uh big ben shady for hosting me here at uh, the benjola studios and uh we're doing this uh dual dual podcast so this, this whole show will be available on both platforms like it or not with big ben shady and keep it out whiskey nick yeah. And our little side guest tonight, Miss mm-hmm. Amelia Roser. Amelia's hanging out, jamming out to her little uh, PBS music. PBS. What, what, what do you got? You got a little iPad thing? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, a little tablet. <laughs> I had to turn around and see it upside down and backwards. But uh, whether you like it or not, uh, Big Ben Shady is here to stay. Yes. Like it or not, I'm here to stay. Boys and girls. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, and uh, stay tuned, and I'll have some good shows coming up, and me and Whiskey will be back for another show. In the meantime, need y'all do me a favor, keep it down.